Tonight, basically, I just want to try to tie up some loose ends in our gospel presentation. We've been talking about uh, witnessing, really looking into the book of Acts a little bit for just some different things about um, evangelism. We want to have an evangelistically thriving church. And so praise the Lord for this opportunity we had just now with the Christmas presentation. And let's uh, ask the Lord again to show us more what we can do, effective ways to reach people. And uh, so I've just put a little title on there today, Let's Go. So uh, this December, January is coming up. Let's take, as Pastor mentioned, a little time to reflect and see what he might have us to do next, next year. So, or Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for bringing us together. We just give this time to you. May you use it and speak to our hearts. Lord, encourage us, we pray, this evening for your work. Amen. All right, so let's just get through here a little bit. I want to do a little bit of review with you guys just over the uh, last few weeks that we've talked uh, if you remember last time, we talked uh, about the really the only block, the roadblock to um, the church is sin. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. There's really nothing that can stop the church. The only thing that's going to stop the church really is from within. And um, I encourage you, I handed out those sheets last week, and I went through that sheet actually this week, last week as well, to just stop and think about your life. And ask God to evaluate your life. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. We sing that sometimes. Um, I went through and just to, to give a little bit of a sample, maybe what you can do. Um, I've kind of listed out different aspects of our life that we can evaluate. And so starting with the heart. And then uh, I had five subtitles under the heart. So first of all, attitudes. And so this is just how my mind works. You don't have to do it this way. I'm just giving you a little bit of a, a structure in case it helps. Uh, but daily evaluation. So I'm just thinking through my day, starting in the morning, all right, about my attitude, okay? So for me, sometimes not very spirit-filled, pretty groggy in the morning. So what do I do to, to change that? So solution. Uh, well, number one, I need to change my mindset the night before. I want to wake up with anticipation spending time with God. So... The night before, I need to think to myself, I'm going to go to bed, I'll wake up, and I get to spend time in God's Word and in, in prayer. So I want to already begin forming my attitude the night before, so that when I wake up, the first thing on my mind is, yay, I get to spend time in God's Word. Second of all, wash my face when I get up to turn off the alarm. Something physical, your physical body wants to get back under the covers, and so I actually, I put my alarm where I have to actually get out of bed. I can't just reach over normally and, and hit the button. I need to actually get up out of bed. And then I need to go to the bathroom, wash my face with some cold water, stimulate myself, wake up a little bit, go for a 15 to 20 minute walk outside, get away from my bed. For me, I have to get away from the bed, all right? If I'm sitting in my bedroom trying to read my Bible, in the warm cozy blanket or whatever, so get up, get, so this is just some practical things to, to get me awake, have breakfast, study my Bible, um, you know, you're, you're eating, you're keeping yourself stimulated a little bit, um, have prayer 
And so the strategy there, energy, movement, spiritual exercise, all those things will help to improve my attitude in the morning. So I just went through that real quick because I, I gave out those sheets last week. So I want to encourage you, just think through the different aspects of your life. And if you have an area of weakness, an area of struggle, then come up with a solution prayerfully and see how you can uh, come up with a solution to, to combat that. Uh, all right, so now back to our Gospel Up acronym. We had a, an all-star last week that was able to, to knock out all of these, but hopefully we can get some, some help from the audience this time. Uh, but can we remember the, the Gospel Up acronym? Who can remember the G that we've been going over? Gospel-centered, yes. All right, there we go. That's, that's the easy one. All right, so there we go. Who can remember the O? Others, there we go. Others focused, yep. And my clicker is, I think I'm fighting with Jan. <laughs> Others focused. All right, who can remember the S? Very important one. Spirit-filled, Spirit there we go. And then the P, prayer, I heard prayer, okay. So just the two, two major ones, if you read the book of Acts, uh, somebody has said that the book of Acts shouldn't be called the Acts of the Apostles, it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, uh, just how much the Holy Spirit is involved. So we need the Holy Spirit, if we're going to be able to win people to Christ, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. And uh, to do that, really, prayer is key, it's element. You read, especially, uh, we'll look down at verse 12, you're there in Acts chapter 1. Uh, or pardon me, uh, verse 14. These all continued with one prayer in, or one, in one accord, prayer and supplication. So they were continuing with one accord in prayer and supplication. And that theme, you find that throughout the book of Acts, there's uh, a heavy emphasis on prayer. Um, the next thing, the environment of growth. There needs to be a, a love for God's word, a hunger for God's word. And as new people come in, we're, we're teaching them. We're passing along that information. Um, if somebody comes in and uh, they don't see us hungry and excited about the word, why would they be excited about it, right? Uh, okay, so then the L, leadership example. And so leadership getting out there in the community, says daily in the temple. And so as a church, we need to, our leadership, we need to step out there. I need to step out there as, as someone on leadership. Uh, but then the church also, we all need to work together. We need to uh, make it possible for the leadership to be involved in the spiritual ministries and uh, free them up to, to do those things. And then unity and passion, two other key elements uh, to an effective gospel witness. So take that um, eight list of eight um, characteristics of the church and uh, let, it, let it resonate in your heart and your mind over this December Pray on it and ask God to help us uh, in those areas. All right, so let's just move on a little bit. Some specific review questions. Uh, this goes way back to probably the first one. This is probably a couple months ago. But what's the most basic way to share the gospel? Sharing your testimony. Yes, and remember from the example of Paul. Uh, we came up with three different things. When you share your testimony, you want to have three basic elements in your testimony. Can anybody remember those three basic characteristics? 
What? Uh, sorry, I couldn't hear. I'm half deaf. What the problem was? Okay. Okay, good, good. So what you were, and then what happened to you. So kind of what Sarah's telling you. Yeah, so there was a, a before and after, right? So this is what I was before Christ. This is what happened. I met Christ, and then how you changed. Um, the Apostle Paul, he, he did that when he gave his testimony in the book of Acts. Remember? Uh, he was before King Agrippa. I think on two occasions he, he shared his testimony. And he said, hey, this is who I was. I was a, a church persecutor. What happened? I met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And now I'm, I believe in Christ. So he, he, he gave that the full scenario. And so just think through your testimony uh, so that you can share it in a, in a compelling manner. And illustrate to someone, if you have that time to, to, to converse with them, how Christ has changed your life. Because if Christ hasn't changed your life, why would they want what you have, right? Uh, now, for some who maybe you, you might think I have a bland testimony. Oh, I got saved when I was six years old. I didn't really, you know, how did I? So I would just encourage you to think through ways that Christ has enriched your life. Uh, try to, to, to come up with a little bit of a comparison contrast. Think about the things that God has saved you from and how he has uh, enriched your life so that way when you talk to someone, that you can show them that Christ has really um, blessed you. What two principles do we see? What principle do we learn from Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 12 through 14? Uh, we just read those verses. Uh, I wanted to highlight this because prayer is so important. Prayer is so important. And I think I got the wrong reference there. It should be verse 14. But I want to just throw this out there. Are we praying enough? Are we really praying enough? Um, it's so easy to get so busy and so caught up with, with schedules and life and just everything. Uh, so I want to challenge you this year as we, we turn the leaf into the next year. Uh, maybe make a commitment and say, what, what can I do? Maybe it's... Lord, I'm going to make a commitment to pray for an hour a week for people in my life who are lost. Or, and it's up to you, between you and God. But prayer has to be uh, an essential, integral part if we're going to see people come to Christ. Uh, because let's remember, 8 point whatever billion people in the world, the vast majority of them, if they die today, they're going to spend eternity apart from Christ in hell. And prayer is probably the most effective thing that we can do to make something, something a, a change in that, in that statistic. Uh, what were the four key words we talked about? This has been two weeks ago. Four key words, very important words that, that help encourage us when it comes to our witnessing. Give me the first one. The first one's found in chapter 1, verse 8. Start, starts with a W. Anna, there you go. Witness. All right, so our job is to witness, all right, before anything else. If we know Jesus Christ as Savior, we are called to be a witness. Not an accountant, not a, well, you were an asphalt man, but, uh, but uh, I think you're looking for a job right now, right, Paul? So, Sarah, I, you're doing um, 
some kind of business. You're, you're, you're like pointing fingers at people because of, no, I'm just kidding. You do stuff with warranties. So a lot of times we, we identify ourselves based on our, our occupation. Like, this is what I do. Uh, I mean, you meet someone for the first time, a lot of times, what's the question? You, you say, well, what do you do? What do you do for work? And we find a sense of identity in that. Um, we got to recreate that or, or reject that. That is secondary. Who I am, I am a Christian. I am in Christ. My identity, every, it all revolves around Christ. So my job, my number one job, to glorify God, to, to be his witness in the world. So witness was the first word. Sorry, Jan, I think, I think we're fighting over the uh, control of the... And then waiting, again, the, the aspect of the Holy Spirit and prayer. We have to have those two ingredients, otherwise we're going to spin our wheels. A lot of work, but we'll probably be ineffective. We wait on the Holy Spirit, we rely on his guidance, his leadership, and then... Uh, we, we get busy working, again, through the book of Acts. These, these men were just busy, busy, busy witnessing. Witnessing, working, praying, witnessing, working, praying, just getting the word out there. And then the end result will be winning. Which, praise the Lord, we got to see that this weekend. There's a lot of work that went into the production. There was, uh, I, I believe, prayerful waiting Asking the Lord, hey, Lord, is this presentation? He put it on the hearts of some people to do this. So following the Holy Spirit's leadership and then a lot of work, a ton of work. And praise God, there is uh, fruit for eternity because of that. And uh, just who would have thought? Kyle and Salma coming, Marta being there the same weekend. But God knew all this way in advance. And so just praise God. Praise God. And then what are the two principles that, uh, regarding evangelism that we mentioned? This would have been um, two weeks ago as well, I believe. Both start with the letter P. Passion. passion. There you go. To see the passion of the early church. Hey, they didn't care. People were threatening them with their life. So, uh, Saul, later to Paul. Immediately. He goes out as soon as he sees Christ. Immediately after he, he's baptized, Ananias comes. The, the scales fall off his eyes. He goes and begins preaching. And then as soon as that happens, uh, he doesn't spend too much time preaching. They already want to kill him, and they have to let him down out of the city by the basket. Uh, how many times was Paul stoned or beaten? Or These men were 100% committed. And, and again, the reason they were so passionate is because they saw the resurrected Christ. They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's alive. And so every day, we need to remind ourselves, we serve a risen Christ. We serve a risen Savior. He's all-powerful. He's more powerful than all the enemies that want to come at, at us. We don't have to fear. We shouldn't fear. A lot of times we allow the enemy, the world, and the, the woke agenda and the anti-Christian segment to, to quiet us. And that shouldn't be. We should be 
um, resting in the Lord, willing to speak whenever He gives us that opportunity. And, and to speak not in a belligerent or, or arrogant or prideful way, um, not like overbearing, but when He gives us that clear, open opportunity, we shouldn't hesitate to take it. Uh, we should have that passion. That passion comes by spending time knowing who Christ is. He's the risen Savior, the, the God of the universe. And when we spend time with Him in prayer, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to come out. That passion is going to come out. Um, and it should be natural. It shouldn't be something we have to force. And then persuasion. And again, the persuasion aspect, it's a fruit, it's a result of being Spirit-filled. It's a result of that close walk with Christ. So we're just reviewing a lot of the things that we've, we've mentioned. Now, tonight, I want to kind of focus a little bit on, uh, on one practical aspect here, icebreakers. One thing I've found uh, in, maybe in general, but here in Australia, what we need is we need some help getting into spiritual conversations. Uh, you go up to somebody, just cold turkey, and you say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Usually they're like, I don't got time for this. You know, they, they just turn a cold shoulder. So what we need is we need to, to figure out a way to be able to engage people in a conversation and then try to steer that conversation to spiritual things. People are actually pretty willing to talk about important things if you approach it from the proper perspective. All right, so if somebody comes to your door, knocking on your door, they have a little bunch of pamphlets in their hand, they're wearing a tie and a white shirt or whatever. What's your immediate reaction? Is your immediate reaction, hey, come on in. Tell me, what is this that you have to tell me? I, yes, I believe everything you've just told me. This is like, where have you been all my life? All right, is that your initial reaction? So most people, when they, okay, if that's the approach we take, what's, what's, our, what's the reaction going to be? There's going to be a lot of hesitancy. Fences go up, barriers go up. They don't want to talk. I have my opinions. I have my beliefs. You have your opinions. Keep them to yourself. I'll keep mine. That's, that's the mindset. So what we need is we need a way to bring down those barriers, right? Bring down those walls. Um, one thing I have found to be effective is simple acts of kindness, little gifts. Um, you have a new neighbor move into your neighborhood. You be the first one you see that car, that, that U-Haul or that moving truck? You'd be the first one over there saying, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Get you a little gift bag, put some little goodies in it or whatever. Welcome to the neighborhood. Just want to give this to you, just a little welcome. I'm down the street. You ever need anything, don't hesitate to call. You got a business card, give them the business card. That's my number. You let them know that they're important to you. You're a people person. You, you love people. And, and you're here to help. Uh, that goes a mile. People, they will not forget that. You'll be surprised. It'll be months down the road. And they'll still remember, ah, oh, you were the guy that, and that, that, what that does is, again, that, that brings down barriers. All right? So when it comes to us being able to witness to people, what do we have to do? We have to build trust. Why would they listen to us before they trust us? So little acts of kindness. Think about you. What do you like people to do to you? What would someone do to you? What would, what would cause you to want to, to engage that person or to listen to that person? So put yourself in their shoes. 
think about it. So uh, more specifically, uh, just talking about some, some ways to uh, grab attention. Here are some specific questions that you can ask people. Uh, once you have a little bit more of a, maybe some, some of a relationship with them, or to be honest, you could even use the somewhat cold case, you know, just, just walking up to people, random people. You can use these in, in those situations as well. Um, so we got, actually, I needed to, I wanted to show you a couple examples of icebreakers first. I'm getting ahead of myself. Acts chapter 2, God creates an icebreaker for the apostles. Think about this. What happens in Acts chapter 2? We know this as the day of Pentecost. All right, so what happened? What did the apostles do on the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came down and allowed them to speak in tongues, right? What did that do? That grabbed the attention of people in Jerusalem. Hey, that doesn't happen every day. These people are talking, and I understand this. What is going on here? All right, so what's God doing? Through a miracle, he is grabbing attention. He's grabbing an audience, all right? Missionaries do this in Africa very easily if they're white. They just walk into a village, and everybody comes running, and they want to rub their hair, especially if they're blonde. Oh, this is, it doesn't take much to, to get a crowd in Africa. They come running, and then you tell, you have an audience to preach to, all right? So, so here, God is, he's using these tongues to, to, to draw track, uh, uh, attention, Acts chapter 3, what happens? Peter and John, they're walking into the gate beautiful, remember? They see the man who is, he, he, he's uh, lame. Peter heals him. Everybody sees this guy. They've seen this guy day after day after day begging in, in this one spot. And now, all of a sudden, he's walking. What happened there? Now, Peter and John, they have a, a rapt attention of all the people. Hey, what's going on? So, again, it's an attention getter. God is captivating the attention. Acts chapter 8. Go over to Acts chapter 8, verse 30. This is Philip, who is in the middle of a desert. I think we, we mentioned this last time. So God tells him to go to the highway in the desert, down by Gaza. So pretend like you're out in Gippsland on, what, the Princess Highway, and it's just, who's out here? So verse 30, Philip ran to him thither and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. All right, what happened? As he got closer, he, the Holy Spirit told him, go draw, draw close to this guy. He hears him reading from the Bible. So that informs Philip. Philip then, what does he say? He says, understandest thou what thou readest. Philip, as soon as he hears him reading the Bible, he knows that, okay, what's my attention getter or what's my, what's my transition to get into the gospel? Oh, this guy's reading the Bible. Hey, do you need help understanding what you're reading? Now, notice, he didn't go straight in saying, hey, 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 I need to tell you about Jesus. Jesus can change your life. Okay, if he had started that way, the guy would have said, I don't know anything about this, Jesus. I'm reading Isaiah. I'm trying to understand this. But because he related to the man, he, he was said, hey, I can help you with your questions. And the man said, oh, great, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I need, need help with. So there, there's all types of things that happen in life. And if we're observant, if we're looking, we can, we can grab those little, those little hooks 
those opportunities that God gives us and link that into the gospel. Um, I think I have one more. Acts chapter 13. So if you go to Acts chapter 13, here the Apostle Paul, verse 13, Paul and Barnabas are in Antioch. Uh, just to kind of summarize, they go into the, the synagogue, and uh, the, the ruler of the synagogue, he, he basically says, uh, hey, whoever has an exhortation, here's your opportunity to speak. And so Paul, he gets up and speaks. He knows he's in a Jewish audience. He himself is a Jew. He knows the scriptures. He starts in uh, in a way that relates to the Jews, and he, he shares Christ uh, through the Old Testament. So, looking for those opportunities. But, but part of the thing is we have to be passionate. We've got to be spirit-filled, prayed up, looking for those opportunities. So, if we get up in the morning and we are saying to ourselves, I am an accountant, I am a professional, I, am, I get my car, I'm going to work to accomplish these things, our mindset is on the physical, the here and now. But if we wake up in the morning and we say, I am a Christian, my job is to witness. I'm going to go to a secular job because, yes, that's what God has led me to do. But it's really my platform to share the gospel. And, yes, you share the gospel through your, your work ethic, through being a, a reliable, diligent employee I, and I'm not saying that always the witness is verbal, but we're always looking for those opportunities. Always looking for those opportunities. So just to, to get into a few, um, a few more specific things. So we need to, number one, we need God to grab attention. So let's pray as we go throughout the day that God would grab the attention of some people. Just like he did here in the book of Acts that he, he might do something supernatural to grab some attention. Uh, but we need to be looking for those opportunities, prayerfully looking for those opportunities. And then we need to get in the habit of talking to people. Um, this is one I struggle with, being more introverted. Um, just making small talk with people, just chatting with people, and then as you chat with people, topics come up, things come up. You can start asking some questions. We'll get to a few questions, icebreakers, that you can transition into the gospel. I was just with Pastor the other day. We went to a, a Vietnamese restaurant, and we were sitting across the table from a, a family, and they asked us for, for some hot sauce or whatever. And then, well, they found out, oh, they actually had some on their table. But So Pastor's just making some lighthearted comments, joking back and forth with the the lady. Uh, she wasn't really super interested in chatting too much, but those, those are opportunities. You never know if that lighthearted, jovial comment might actually open up a longer conversation, and you never know what might come up in that conversation, how you can lead that conversation to, toward gospel or spiritual things. So just getting in the habit of talking to people, just being friendly, just, just going out of your comfort zone a little bit. All right, so here are, some, here are some sample questions that you could use um, to, to transition towards spiritual things. Uh, one question, what do you put your trust in? Some people, they might actually have to think a little bit about that. They, 
not a common question maybe, but asking an inquisitive question, getting people to think. A lot of people, they don't stop to think, what do they trust in? Um, how can I pray with you? Some people might get turned off by this, but some people, uh, Benji, he was uh, talking with a man the other day, at the, he was coming, leaving the hospital, I believe his wife was on life support. So he's leaving the hospital, this 14-year-old comes up to him and uh, begins to chat with him, to share the gospel with him, and um, he says, hey, can I pray with you? The man's an atheist, but he allowed, he allowed that 14-year-old to pray for him. Yeah, sure. Um, opportunities can open up, you ask people to pray for them. Uh, has anybody ever told you about Jesus? Hey, there's a lot of people, a lot of uh, immigrants here in Australia, they don't come from a Christian background, they may actually be truly inquisitive. They may actually not know who Jesus is. It's a good question. Uh, do you have a church you attend? Another way to, to kind of uh, open the conversation, lead into it. Hey, may I share my story with you? Get to, if you get chatting with someone, again, and this is great because that will lead you to your testimony. So if you know what you're going to share with your testimony, uh, that would be a great way to do that. What's your purpose? I use this one because uh, I do the podcast on purposeful living. So it's kind of an easy transition for me. And uh, I think I mentioned last time, I ask people, hey, what's your purpose? And when they give me the answer, a lot of times, sometimes they'll ask me, say, hey, well, what's your purpose? And then obviously that goes straight to Christ. But so you see, asking questions is so great because it's a non-offensive, non-aggressive way to get into the, to the gospel. And really, if you think about it, in a conversation, who is in control of the conversation? The person who is talking the most or the person who's asking questions? The person who's asking questions is typically the one that is leading the, the, the conversation. Look at Jesus. M many times he was asking questions. He was getting people to think. Hey, here's the secret. It, it shouldn't be a secret. Okay, where's the play? Okay, it shouldn't be a secret. We need to tell everybody. Um, no worldview other than Christianity makes logical sense. As Christians, we are not afraid of the facts. We're not afraid of the truth. Hey, science doesn't scare me. I was just watching a video yesterday, John Lennox, he's a mathematician at Oxford. Um, he's a theist. And he made the, the bold statement that atheism actually uh, degrades science. You know, the, most people in, in the culture, they want to say, ah, oh, atheism is science, evolution, that's scientific, creation, that's faith, that's, you know, make-believe. But it's not. It's the opposite way. Christianity stands on legitimate evidence, factual evidence, the truth. Uh, so we don't have to be afraid of, of, of the truth. So what we need to do is we need to get people to think. If you have some time, just, just go on, on uh, YouTube. Uh, there's several different people you could, you could look up. And, and they go on university campuses. And they debate with students. And it's really not that hard, just asking a few questions, to reveal how atheists, they have no foundation for the, their beliefs. They're very inconsistent. Uh, I was just listening to a book called Stealing from God, and uh, basically the whole book, he was just showing how atheists contradict themselves. They make claims against Christianity and creation, 
but they themselves, but we're the exception to the rule. So what we as Christians do is we need to ask questions and force people to think. And if they're intellectually honest with themselves, they'll realize that their worldview doesn't have a foundation to stand on. Um, so asking questions, that's, it's a great way to open up to try to get to the gospel. It's also a great way to try to get them to analyze their worldview and to think about all the, the flaws that they have in their worldview. Uh, now, here's a specific set of questions, the five questions. This is great, and, and I'll show you in just a second. Um, if you remember earlier in the series, I, I mentioned Bill Fay, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned his book, Share Jesus Without Fear, but uh, excellent, excellent resource. He gives five questions that will get you into the gospel. First of all, do you have any spiritual beliefs? All right. People, we are spiritual beings. And regardless, you want to call yourself an atheist or an agnostic or whatever religion, we all have beliefs about the origins of life, about the purpose and meaning of life, and those are philosophical in origin. All right, so you can't put those things in a test tube. So if somebody comes up and they say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, uh, okay. You're using your mind, you're using logic to create a, an atheistic worldview. So where did that logic come from if this is a material universe? Are the laws of logic material? Can you touch them? Can you feel them? So you see what I'm saying? Asking questions, getting them to come to, to grips with some of those tough questions that they probably just haven't even thought about. Okay, but here's the point. Do you have any spiritual beliefs? People are spiritual beings. Of course we have spiritual beliefs. People will talk about this. Hey, do you think there's a higher power? But notice, we're not coming out and we're not saying, hey, there is um, Hindu. Hinduism's wrong. Buddhism's wrong. Islam's wrong. We're not coming in hard at them, telling them truth that's going to turn them off. All right? We're asking them the question. Now, ultimately, we're, we're going to go through this, and we're going to try to get to them to see that, yes, Hinduism's wrong, Buddhism's wrong, but we're trying to engage the conversation. So we don't want to cut the conversation off at the, at, the, at the beginning. Again, we're trying to pull down those barriers. We're trying to open the conversation so we can have a, a dialogue, not a monologue, not us just sharing all the facts with them. We want to hear what they actually believe. So do you have any spiritual beliefs? Now, when you ask the question... Your job is simply to shut up. Just let them talk. Hey, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Do you believe in a higher power? And then just be quiet. Let them, if they want to talk for half an hour, let them talk for half an hour. And don't say, just, your only response is, hmm. Hmm. You're not agreeing with them, because they're wrong. All right? Hmm. Hmm. So just let them talk. You know what happens when you let somebody talk, when you listen? You're, you're bringing down those barriers, all right? You're like, oh, this guy, he's listening. He's a nice guy. Huh. So you're letting them talk. All right, so then, you have any spiritual beliefs? Let them share. And then, next question. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Can I ask you a question? To you, who is Jesus? 
All right, so now what we're trying to do is we've started broad, very broad, because we don't want to come in hard. We want to come in soft so that we can develop that conversation. But we want to get to Christ. All right, so we started with the broad question, getting the conversation going. We've listened, so we've built some rapport. Okay, now let's shift the conversation to Christ. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Um, so let me ask you this follow-up question. To you, who is Jesus? So now we want them to come to, to grips with, okay, everybody has to deal with Jesus. What are you going to do with Jesus, right? And we want to know what they believe about Jesus. This is going to help us as we continue the conversation. Are they Hindu? Are they Buddhist? Do they believe Jesus wasn't even real? What, what do they believe about Jesus? So let them talk. And again, we're not, we're not responding. We're just letting them talk. Then it says, do you believe in heaven and hell? A lot of people probably say, oh, I think heaven, probably not hell. But let them, let them answer, okay? So what do you believe about heaven and hell? Um, they might have a wide variety of, of answers. Just let them talk. Your, your response again, hmm. Okay, so if there were heaven and hell, where do you think you would go? A lot of people, they're probably going to say, oh, I don't think I'm good enough. I'll probably make the heaven, you know. Some people might be really honest, or they might be kind of sarcastic. Oh, I'm going to hell, man. All my friends are there. But just, just let the, get, get the information. You need to know where this person is, what they believe. All right, and here's the last question. All right. Man, you've told me a lot of things. I, I'm, thank you for sharing your, your insights. Um, let me ask you a question. Everything you've just told me. Now, hypothetically, if you were wrong, I mean, out of all the knowledge in the world, I mean, there's a lot of knowledge that we, as humans, we don't know. So, so hypothetically, if you were wrong, would you want to know? All right, so if the person's like, nah, man, I'm right, are they open to the gospel at that point? No. They are content with what they got. So, We've had a conversation with them. We might leave them with the gospel track. We might, we might, you know, you might try to, to push it, but probably they're, they're not open at that point. Now, if they say, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I was wrong, yeah, sure. Sure, I'd want to know. That is your green light to share the gospel. You have the Romans row or, or whatever you like to do to, to share the gospel. You can share with them, hey, this is what the Bible says. And if they'll listen, have them read the scripture, you know, John 3.16 or, or uh, Romans 3.23. Hey, read this verse. This is what the Bible says. This is what Christians believe. What does this verse say to you? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if they say, well, uh, I'm not totally sure what it means. Oh, okay. Read it, read it one more time. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Read it, have them read it until they get it. Now, they might need an explanation of a word here or there, but you're letting the word of God penetrate their heart. And this is beautiful because what have you done this whole time? Have you given them a dissertation 
and the apologetic reasons for the existence of God, one through ten, starting with the cosmological. You don't have to go to university for this. You need five questions, and then you just need an open ear. And then you need a, a, a simple plan, a simple verse, a list of verses. Just memorize a list of verses and say, read this verse. What does it say to you? And you're letting the Holy Spirit, you're just praying, Holy Spirit, illuminate this person to the truth. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, what does this verse mean to you? And let the Word of God and the Holy Spirit work in their life. And you just, you're just the tool. You're just the bridge to get them to read those verses. All right, so here's another one you can use. I'm going to show you real quick um, with the, the whiteboard here, just a, a potential gospel presentation that you can use involving three circles. So you could ask somebody, hey, do you want to know how three circles could change your life? You can write this on a napkin. You can scrap a piece of paper if you have an app on your phone. Um, it's pretty simple. So you start out. Circle number one, all right? This represents our world. Now, if we look around at our world, we don't have to look too carefully, but uh, we notice that our world is broken. We got some wars going on, corruption, hatred, greed. Hey, would you agree with me that our world's broken? Nine times out of ten, uh, probably ten times out of ten, people are like, yeah, our world's broken. We know our world's broken. Hey, you know what? Circle number two. God did not create the world broken. He created, he created everything that was very good. So why, how, how do we get from a very good world to a broken world? You guys know the answer? Three-letter word? Sin. We as human beings, we decided to disobey God. We broke God's law. Easy definition of sin. Anything we say, think, or do that displeases God. Human beings, we went against God. We, we sinned. The Bible says death is a result of sin. Romans 5.12. And not just physical death, we see physical death all around, but also spiritual death. We're separated from God forever. If we die in our sin, the Bible says that we will spend eternity separated from God, a place called hell. But God didn't want us to go there. So what, what did he do? Circle number three, God's remedy, his solution. God so loved the world, he sent his son, Jesus, down to this earth to die on the cross for our sin. He took the death that we deserve. He took the punishment for our sin so that we could go free. But, hey, that's not the only thing. He rose from the dead, proving he's God, proving he has victory over sin and death, and proving he can give you eternal life. What do you have to do to get eternal life? You've got to turn from that brokenness. You've got to repent. You've got to acknowledge your sin before God, that you're broken, and you can't save yourself. You need Jesus. Turn and trust in Jesus. And if you will turn and trust in Jesus, you can be saved from your brokenness, and then God will restore you one day to that perfection with him in heaven. Do you want to accept Jesus? Do you want to turn and trust Christ right now? Three circles. All you have to do is remember just a few circles and some connecting arrows. 
You can add in some um, Bible verses. I think I've got a sample up here. So this is a much more complex sample. But if you want to take a, a picture of that. You don't have to mention everything, though. As long as you remember the, the three circles, the basic circles, and, and the, it's, it's pretty simple. But that way, if you are ever given the opportunity to share the gospel, somebody is interested, this is easy. So what I did was I just I went through it with myself several times. I just went through it. Um, I had to present this one day at a Christian school, so I really worked it. So it's familiar to me. I don't know if you've noticed this. I've used this as I preach. If I notice that there are people that are lost in the audience, I, just, I can default to this because I know the, the, the presentation, and I can insert it. And everybody knows that the world's broken. So you don't have to, argue, you don't have to convince them. They, they know. And you're giving them, this is beautiful because this is the Christian worldview. It's the, it's the Christian story in a nutshell, in three circles. So if you go through that, work it, write it out a couple times uh, throughout the week, do that for a month, you'll have, you'll have a, a default presentation in your back pocket if you're ever given the opportunity to share the gospel. Now, not every conversation do you want to pull this out. Every person, Jesus dealt with people, he dealt with them different ways. You want to talk to the person, you want to have a conversation. You're not having a presentation when you're sharing the gospel. But there are times when this will be a, a valid mode to share. Hey, if you're asked to present at a camp or at a, uh, Ryan had us come present to a pastor to preach to his, his Filipino friends. Somebody asks you to come. You're, you have the opportunity to share in a group setting. This would be a great, great opportunity, great way to do it. So just work through it a few times a day. And then, hey, just have some fun with it. If you're, if you're in a conversation with a coworker or, or a friend, hey, can I show you how three circles will change your life? What? Three circles? You're crazy. Yeah, yeah, let me, let me show you. And it starts out just a little humorous thing, but now all of a sudden, two minutes in, you're sharing the gospel with this person, and they're getting the word of God and the Holy Spirit working in their heart. So basically, just to, to wrap things up, so um, we're always looking for those opportunities and just always sharpening our skills as far as reaching people and, and letting God lead us and guide us to people so that we can witness. Um, the five questions. Just start asking people those questions and let the Holy Spirit lead the conversation. And be, be willing to listen, but you'll find a world of difference. When you've listened to somebody for five, ten minutes, how much more receptive they will be to listen to you for a few minutes. Um, and have a list of verses, whether it's the Romans Road or, or whatever verses you, you like to use. And have them, if you can, have them read the verses to you. You might have to help them work through some, some hard words or something. But let the word of God have an impact in their heart and in their mind.
that's going to close things out for tonight. Uh, I do want to mention another book. So, so I mentioned Share Jesus Without Fear by uh, Bill Fay. I really recommend that. In fact, I recommend it so much. If you will read it, I will get you a copy. I, I don't care if I have to get it from over the other side of the, the ocean. I will get you a copy if you will read it. And um, also another book, Tactics by Greg Kokel. Uh, I think that's a very, very helpful book, especially in, uh, in our current Western age of skepticism, post-Christian, um, just uh, tactics on how to develop conversations, how to get in those conversations so we can actually talk to people about the gospel and not devolve into a bunch of arguing back and forth, shouting, and actually having a productive conversation. So Tactics by Greg Kokel uh, be another one. And again, if you will read it, I will get you a copy. So that is, that is my um, commitment to you, uh, if you will commit to read it. But let's uh, close out in a word of prayer. I do have just a, a handout on the way out. I'll put them in the back there. Just a little evaluation for you to take and think over um, as we turn into the new year and uh, ask the Lord to help us in this area of witnessing. Father, thank you again for bringing us together. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be a witness. Lord, this is an awesome opportunity you've given to us to be your, your hands and your feet in this world. So, Father, thank you for that. Help us to be effective. Help us to do our part to be the best witness that we can be. And would you use us, even over this, this Christmas holiday time, uh, Lord, give us opportunity to ask people questions, to get into conversations, and then point them to the Word of God. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.